This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with the other person who lives in this home and is the other person on this podcast. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello. Now, I don't want to ask how are you because I've been asking how are you every week. Okay. So I am simply going to acknowledge that I'm not asking how are you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, also. And also. <laughs> yes. So I, I'm experimenting with that. Yeah. Uh, because like maybe it. that will become a greeting uh, when we can all gather in person together to just say, I'm not asking how are you. And the other person say, I'm not asking how are you either. Mm-hmm. And it'll be really fun and friendly. Yeah. I see you. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> that feels a little bit like, I see your very soul. <laughs> I see you. I acknowledge you. Mm, yeah, uh, perhaps the simple truth is there is no good human greeting. <laughs> oh, gosh. I think we're going to be in for a fun chat today. On yes, that note. Uh, it's, it's, been, it's definitely, we were talking off air, as it were. Uh, that is, it's been a long day, but we will get into this and we will have fun because this is a very fun topic, uh, I think, in the big picture. Uh, the fun topic we're going to discuss this week is musicals. No, no, no. I thought that you'd probably do some sort of little sting, even if I didn't ask. Uh, so that's great uh, to get a surprise sting. Uh, so you and I have been watching a lot of musicals uh, a lot recently, but really a lot in, the I would say, like the last year or so, um, you know, for various reasons. We've mm-hmm. watched, uh, you know, uh, Sound of Music, Singing in the Rain, uh, High Society, Xanadu, uh, Cats. <laughs> We've mm-hmm. watched lots of different kinds of musicals in the last year or so. My first question for you is, why are we doing that? <laughs> I, that's a great question. And we, I agree, we have. This is our shared reality. Um, I don't, I mean... Cats we went to because it came out in the theater and we wanted to see it. And I don't know if that like just it came out in the theater and we had to. We wanted yeah, no, it, it was... called to us. It did. It did. Yeah. You know, I think part of it maybe is that we, we have been um, in particular since pandemic times, uh, we have been on a little bit of a kick of watching more classic movies or, you know, kind of or older movies. And I think. As part of that, there have been movies that we've seen, but also movies that we haven't seen that we've wanted to see that fall into the musical territory. Um, Also, I am a fan of musicals, so sometimes I'm just like, meh, I want this. Um, Yeah, but I think think it's um, as part of our watching some more classic movies it's been one of the genres that we've uh spent a little bit more time with yeah i think i was i was fascinated to ask and just because we have not talked about this uh, off air and no. see your take on it because i i was wondering myself like why we were gravitating toward it and i totally agree with you that uh, for our personal journey we have some television shows that we like to watch we just finished uh, a watch of deep space nine which was just uh, beautiful and bittersweet because uh, we both enjoyed it so much. Amazing. And then we've been, we had during, I would say like the beginning and middle time of the pandemic, we were doing a lot of like, should we check this movie out? And we were having very hit and miss results. And mm-hmm. then we started watching a couple classic movies and like, oh yeah, it's really fun to watch, uh, you know, in by classic, I mean, we mean anything from, you know, the advent of film to basically the early 90s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, famous films that are well regarded and well known. Yeah. And that's been really fun to know that, well, I might get a really different experience than I expected if I've never seen it or if I haven't seen it in 
years. Uh, but I know it'll be solid instead of a film that's just like, eh, whatever. You know, yeah. and I just kind of for myself, I feel like during uh, this incredibly difficult time when I sit down to watch something, uh, I I want to have some amount of uh, faith that it it will be really intriguing or really well made, you know, or will provide some like deeper cultural knowledge. Mm-hmm. But then within that, and that was for me like kind of a conscious choice. Mm-hmm. And then I wonder if we're go- going toward musicals because some of the like really great, this is a great film of history uh, that we've been watching are some sometimes a little bit heavier. Uh, like mm-hmm. we watched uh, Ace in the Hole and A Face in the Crowd, two films that I think are just absolutely amazing, two films that uh, have uh, some very painful connections to our modern times, that they yeah. both expose things about the way humans structure media, leadership, <laughs> fame, the desire for power, it, it funnel those into uh, destructive patterns and organizations mm-hmm. so i walked away from those films going this is so fascinating this is so juicy also oh god <laughs> <laughs> so i wonder for myself i hadn't thought through all of this so i wonder yeah. for myself as you and i have been going through things and we've been like should we check out this should we check out this that i have been more open to watching more musicals not that i dislike them but they're not my go-to right and i've become more open to it and i wonder if it's because i am yearning for something that is you know solid classic but while they're absolutely, of course, dark musicals, a lot of them have energy, vitality, or, you know, an affirmation mm-hmm. of life and connection and joy. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's definitely that. I think some of the musicals we've been gravitating toward are not some of the darkest ones. Um, and I think also um, two things. One, because we, I think we watched a few musicals kind of early on in this that we were both like, oh, yeah, we should be watching more of these. Um, in particular, we, you know, we did a whole uh, episode about The Sound of Music and mm-hmm. how how much we both enjoyed it um, and all the different reasons for that. So I, th- I think for me that kind of both kicked off a little bit of like, let's watch even more. I will say also, as somebody who is... I would say that the few, the the few of us, the two of us. <laughs> uh, um, so I, I have very very different <laughs> moods day to day. So I would say that um, in general, if we were to take a long term temperature, I am the more enthusiastic one about movie musicals. Yes, um, I think of the that's two fair. of us, and so I think I have also been. Um, be, taking advantage of the fact that you are more open to musicals <laughs> just to suggest more. And then we both do this where we'll get on a little bit of a kick of, oh, we're really enjoying watching, you know, Gene Kelly or Rita Hayworth and musicals. And so then we kind of are searching out some other ones with specific actors as well. Yeah. And we had done an episode of Obsessed about Frank Sinatra and I had been wanting to revisit some of his films that I seen, hadn't seen in a long time. So yeah, that's another reason mm-hmm. that we've been doing it. So yeah, a lot of great reasons to be watching musicals. So you do love musicals. Is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I Sorry. That was very loud. Yes. Um, I, I, this is a ridiculous caveat for me to be giving at this point in obsessed period. And at this point in the UNI version of obsessed, I would, I am, so far from the most obsessed person about musicals obsessed is not about competition i know that um i'm gonna just give all the caveats to myself right here caveating my caveat (laughs) um i think 
Because I think a lot of people who like musicals really like musicals. Right. Um, and I, but I do really like musicals, but I feel like it kind of comes and goes, um, probably depending on how much either I've been in musicals lately or I'm watching musicals. Yeah. Um, and just kind of where my mind is at about other things. Right. No, I understand that it is not like if you were going to make a list of your top 10 interests, it would maybe sneak in. Uh, but but it is more overlapping other things. Mm-hmm. But w- but you do like them. Oh yeah. You've always had a penchant for them. Definitely. And I I think in in my observation of you, uh, since we live together and all that, uh, they bring out a a, a joy, a spark of of uh, when you watch them, when we talk about them, when you think about them, they're definitely like a fun thing. Definitely. Let me give an example. Today has been a long day, but I know we're talking about musicals, so I have an extra spark of energy. You know, there's that joke that you can make any uh, word, any phrase become a musical, become the title of a musical by adding an exclamation point. Oh, yeah. And I think that's maybe the energy of like, it's not like you're like, if somebody mentions a musical, you know, like you just stop everything and you know every fact and you're so obsessed and you need to watch seven a day. It's just that you kind of just almost even in your body language become an exclamation point <laughs> when we're yep. talking about or watching a musical it's like a little ding because here go my jazz hands and we're gonna do a podcast <laughs> exclamation exactly point. so what do you think that musicals do that uh other storytelling either can't or or doesn't do in the in the same way or to the same level of success um, for myself, I would say a few things. What I mean, I think the the power of song cannot be overstated. Of whether it's for something that's melancholy, or whether it's for, or in in particular when it's expressing joy, um, because the you know whether it, the the music of it is so contagious. And I'm sure there's people it doesn't work for, but it, at least for me, it, it totally works. I catch the enthusiasm of the musical. If it, especially when it's something joyful, when it's a sad song, I feel it. I'm crying. Like I, I think it just it taps into those emotions that don't have, um, without needing words. Right. Even though there are words. I know that there are lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm on caveat city today. Apparently. Right. Um, so there's so definitely all of that. I think is a big part of it for, for me. Um, and and I would venture to say for people in general um that it also um the movement you know i mean we know i'm i'm a dancer and so things that have and some musicals have more dance than others uh so that's not a given but uh they usually have something and and for for me in terms of my like sitting up as an exclamation point watching the dancing is also going to be a thing because as you're looking at me doing right now like my hands can't stop moving when i'm talking about this um (laughs) gotta gesticulate that's your song exactly (laughs) so true um so i i feel like those are i mean i guess those would be the two things that i would turn to first uh because it does it takes the the words that people are saying as the script and um then translates them into song if it's a good well done musical and to have both the things that you're hearing and seeing on the stage then also be translated into something that you're feeling in your body as music or you're seeing as other people express with their bodies as dance 
um, it just it connects to us. So it's, we're no longer just hearing something or just watching something. We're also, um, you know, maybe getting a little bit of the physical experience as well by watching other people be it physical and we're getting you know the visual stimulation and the audio and uh stimulation yeah no that makes that makes a ton of sense um you know we'll talk about stage musicals and scene musicals live but but for the way you and i are experiencing them right now watching them at home Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of people talk about like that is the great cinema experience uh, you know is uh Samuel Jackson described it when we saw him at a live event of like, that's the power of being in the big dark room. There's nothing but, you know, you other people in the screen and you can disappear into that world. And I mm-hmm. love what you're saying is if for a musical, it's a step beyond disappearing into that other world. It's kind of like dancing <laughs> with that other world because it's physically affecting uh, your body in this specific way where you're sort of in rhythm with it. Yeah. And I'm actually curious because I I know that is true about myself. Um but I'm curious if that happens for you also, that like, you have the that you feel a physical connection with musicals as well. If it is the right kind of song mm-hmm. that is that's really connecting with me. Yeah. So I think for me, like when music when musicals are powerful, it's because uh, that I think unique power of musicals when it is constructed just right. So the song is coming at the peak of a character's emotion and it feels like there's no other way they could have expressed it but this, mm-hmm. then I'm just so on board with it. And in particular, if it's a performer I like or a song I really like or you know, an idea in, in the song that I really like, mm-hmm. then I think I get to that level. I think for me... I don't, it's not as much about that physical connection, but I'm going to try that. I'm, maybe next time we watch Sound of Music, I'll spin in my seat a little bit. Please do. <laughs> Up in the hills. But yeah. I think for me, the the joy of musicals is that, is the, the music and the singing, obviously. Uh, I really, really like watching dance. I have, you know, learned more about it, obviously, over the years uh, being married to you. And it's always really fun for me to be able to, like, after a dance, uh, to say, like, I really like that part of it, or I thought that this element of what the dancer was doing was really good. What What is your thought ha- having more expertise? So that's always a fun way for me because I get to engage with the movie by enjoying it myself and knowing that I'm going to be able to turn to you and get like basically uh, immediate sort of like uh, DVD pop-up notes <laughs> in <laughs> person on the couch uh, about from a dance expert. Um, and then the other thing I would say is in general, they are, so many musicals are, have have great comedy they can have great comedy mm-hmm. um and some musicals i enjoy because i'm like oh yeah wow that's like really deft or really intelligent or you're or really you know really really out there comedy um but then even when we've been watching some musicals that we know are not like our only cult classics <laughs> uh-huh. uh they're not considered you know uh by reviewers at the time is great art musicals to me are uniquely meta funny sometimes and i really don't mean that in a musicals suck and i'm laughing at them i the musicals are such humans taking such a big swing at what art can and should be Mm -hmm. that when it's successful it's amazing and when it's just kind of a little like awkward or weird it's beautifully funny to me even Mm -hmm. when it's maybe not intended like we watch xanadu and there's some stuff in there it's like oh that joke was intended and it was funny and there's other stuff of like Nobody could know that this moment would be frozen in time and 
pretty much only from <laughs> the month this movie was made, and it would make no cultural sense to anyone the month after this movie was made. And I, you know, or yeah. or moments where the musical isn't constructed as well, and you know, the scene's just kind of popping along, and then out of the blue, somebody just sings about something. Absolutely, you know, the moments where it doesn't work can be really, really funny. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. absolutely agree. So I, I, I think the the comedy of it, the movement of it. All sorts of stuff about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think like putting a more analytical hat on it, sometimes the structure from like a narrative storytelling uh, perspective of a musical works really well. And sometimes like the the needs of the song pacing <laughs> <laughs> or these sort of tortured adaptation from a, you know, a Broadway version to a movie version uh, really, really good put way out in front of more traditional narrative structure. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. It's very true of lots of stage musicals, too, that sometimes the pacing does not work. <laughs> um, but I would say one thing that I've really enjoyed with this, which um, is um, maybe jumping forward so we can jump back, but um, how I, with watching some more classic musicals, and this is a thing that I, I knew it, but um, how many really played with um, how they're filmed. And oh, the, yeah. And some of the different kind of, tricks and you know i in particular some of the the gene kelly things because i know that was always a big thing for him of just seeing i guess how experimental movies that i didn't necessarily think of as experimental before i watched them but then it's like oh but this one piece or this number you know and that's incredibly experimental for the time yeah and so it's really so i really enjoy that too of thinking of watching a musical because sometimes we kind of think of musicals as fitting a box mm-hmm. especially from a certain time period that they fit a box and to see how much they actually don't fit that box they're playing with how much they can push within that box um and what they can discover right or like with gene kelly i think it's easy to go like oh yeah it's gene kelly doing that gene kelly stuff he's in a box like yeah because he invented the box <laughs> it might look to like a box to us now but he made that and you've yep. made me appreciate that so much more that he was he does such a great job of saying, you know, we can't just point a camera at great dancers. We have to construct dances for film and we have to take advantage of the medium and make the most of that. Mm-hmm. And that makes it really fascinating. Uh, do you remember going back as we often do to the beginning? Mm-hmm. Do you remember how you first got hooked on musicals and early musical that meant a lot to you? Anything like that? I do. Um, so I have a few things. OK, go for if it. If I may. Um, so one of the first things, so my, um, when I was little, like, I, I honestly don't remember how old, so we'll guess and say somewhere in the like four to seven range. My mom was doing community theater and often would bring my brother and I with her to rehearsals. And so, okay, probably wasn't four, uh, but we were fairly young. Um, and so we would go and, you know, we were told to, you know, sit and, read a book or whatever and and it wasn't that often but it was often enough that I that the sense of magic of being in a theater um and they what she was in carousel and she was in Brigadoon so they were both musicals um and then she's a, a musician and so she was also you know in the band for other things and did the music for some other musicals as well so I had that real just kind of before I could even think about what it was that real seeped into me yeah of what it was um and I imagine you observed like fun, 
like adults having fun at the rehearsals, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I felt a real sense of connection. Like she was the music director for Your Good Man, Charlie Brown, and Linus needed a blanket. So I let Linus use my blue blanket. <laughs> you are a bigger kid than I was. <laughs> I mean, by that time, I was probably nine. Okay. Um, and he took, I mean, it wasn't like my favorite blanket, favorite blanket, but it was pretty far up there. Um, but it wasn't like, you know, the one that was all knotted and torn up and my blankie. Yeah. Um, okay. But he totally respected it and was very appreciative to me of, you know, this little nine-year-old of like, thank you so much for letting me use your blanket, Sarah. Took very good care of it throughout the, um, you know, the run of the show. That's a little Peanuts movie comic strip by itself. <laughs> right? Carefully gave it back to me at the end of the show. Keep Charlie Brown away from it. <laughs> so, you know, so I had a lot of early childhood memories of just kind of being around musicals. And then I really wanted to be in one. But we lived in... Um, Red Wing, Minnesota at the time, which is a smaller town. And, you know, they didn't do a lot of musicals that had kids. And so I um, auditioned up in St. Paul to be an Annie and got in. So that was other than like school shows, like, you know, like the Mother Goose News or something, which may or may not have been a musical. I don't remember. (laughs) Um, So I was in Annie when I was 10. And that was just like mind blowing and the best thing in the world. Yeah. Well, I. I don't have a bunch of great, interesting childhood musical stories. You know, I've really come around from them. We talked about this a little bit in Sound of Music. Like, I saw Sound of Music, and I probably saw some other musicals. Like, you know, I saw Wizard of Oz or whatever. And I think that the musicals just didn't hit for me. They felt uh, the, a little, like, a little happy, you know, a little a little too saccharine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, obviously, I have worked through some of the reasons that felt that way and, you know, have rediscovered musicals over my life, but I don't have that sort of... Uh, that lightning in a bottle as a kid mm-hmm. uh, reaction that you did. So I want to yeah. follow up on on live performance. I want to continue your <laughs> journey with Annie. So tell me about being in Annie. What was that experience like? Yeah. So that it was. Um, it was. I, I mean, it was amazing. I've honestly nothing but good memories of being in Annie. So um, I was ten, as I mentioned, and we lived about an hour away from St. Paul, where the it was a community theater production in St. Paul. And we went to the auditions and I include this because I think it's funny. Uh, so I don't know what was going on. If there was like some other thing going on that the news channel was um, covering, or if we just happened to be like near one of the news stations, but there is a TV camera outside or a TV van with like the antenna and everything yeah. on outside the building where the auditions were. So I was panicked that, they were filming the auditions. <laughs> you thought you were going to be on a, a reality TV show before you even knew that those could exist in right? the future. Because I didn't know. Like, I knew, not, like, my mom had just said, like, hey, you wanted to audition for an, a musical and they're doing Annie. Uh, do you want to both go audition for it? And so I was like, yeah. So we went up there to audition and I was like, oh, my God, we're going to be on the news. Uh, <laughs> we were not on the news, which was great. Um, Local girl who gives away her blanket in kindness auditions for musical news at 11. Look at all these crying girls who just want to be orphans. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all these singing orphans. Uh, so how did it go? Well, spoilers, sorry to give it away. I got in. Um, I got in as the part of Tessie, who's the one who says, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. Um, (laughs) Her main main thing. And uh, 
is the sings the you're never fully dressed without a smiler is one of the people who helped sing that song uh but it was amazing and my my mom got in as well which was great because she was the one who was going to have to drive me to and from rehearsals and um I made good friends that I'm still friends with to this day because wow. that is the power of being in uh, musicals together. And uh, it was just, it was an amazing experience. I mean, it it truly was to just kind of have that experience and have something where there were other kids in it. Um, but the adults were really good and I feel like it was handled, everything was handled really well. And, you know, it was, it was the 80s, so it was kind of height of Annie mania as well. So to be in something like Annie was... It was not a hard knock life. <laughs> so I would imagine that this just increased your love of musicals and made them a, a, a not even like a thing I like. They're just part of your life, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you've been in many other musicals mm-hmm. throughout your life, right? Any other ones that stand out to you as like a great experience or or an experience that gave you a different or a deeper understanding, appreciation of musicals? Yeah, so I was in, um, so when my family lived in Washington State, I was in, uh, it's a, I guess, technically an operetta, but I was in um, Gilbert and Sullivan's HMS Pinafore. Okay. And uh, there's an experimental college there that was putting on the production. And so some parts of it were very, you know, straight to the script and some parts of it were very experimental. And again, both my mom and I were in it. And uh, we were both in the chorus. But for example, all of the chorus members, like the people who were the main leads, I don't remember if they were actually like period costumes, but they wore, I think, a little bit more costume. But the rest of us wore um, like white um, dress shirts and had my makeup on our faces and sweatpants in different colors. <laughs> and that was our costume for the entire show. So it was like, and it was, a, it's a Fairhaven College. It was the college. And it's, How know, old were you? Like 12? Okay. 11 or 12? 12 year old chorus mime. And I think I was. In Gilbert and Sullivan. Yes. And I think I was the only kid. Okay. So everybody else, <laughs> um, which went on to be then from, uh, for quite a few years, I would often be one of the only kids okay um because so i think everybody else was in college or an adult yeah wow Um, so it was also really my first experience kind of being around and i didn't really understand but i've thought about some of the things since then but just kind of some of the conversations that were going on around me and you know to be in this very um kind of like oh let's think about this and let's think about this but then with this very like um which is the sound the sound music for um i am the very i don't remember the words the whatever the modern 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 major i make major models yes yeah so that one i would say um was a had a big lasting impact on me okay i lied i have two more <laughs> then I will stop my monologue. No, that's fine. Um, but saying the the kid thing. So then, um, in uh, when my family lived in Iowa, I was in Into the Woods. Ooh, okay. and I was Little Red Riding Hood, and I was I don't know, maybe like ninth grade, something, okay. eighth grade, ninth grade, something like that. I honestly don't remember, but somewhere in there. Um, I had been on a series both in musicals and plays where I kept getting cast as the brat. Okay. Part. <laughs> um, I think that's just what they're writing for, like, 
that age person but i don't know maybe they're saying something okay um, so the, the, this is you still have some umbrage over this though years oh, later of, no have you been I, cast as the brat no because that was the only part for a kid okay also um well i guess jack could have been but and that was another one where i was i believe the only kid everybody else was um either in college um at iowa state university or an adult okay so you're um, into the woods into the woods red, you're red Little riding, riding hood, hood. And, um, and the thing for me with that was just like the music, uh, the song time and the music. And it's so much fun to sing and it puts so much, um, pressure on each of the parts. Yeah. Um, so that I think just, and again, just kind of having that trust foisted upon me that I had to be able to carry this off. Okay. So you, what you were getting out of musicals, and I know you still have one more to share, don't Uh worry, uh, was... (laughs) Partially, obviously, I'm sure an appreciation for the different kinds of musicals and the different kinds of stories and the the fun of being in a costume and uh, all that. But it sounded like this these musicals are your coming of age story uh, in a way because this you really got the experience of having that amount of trust, yeah, and having to kind of take that next step up and say, "Hey, kid, we're giving you a chance." <laughs> yeah, I Don't would drop the ball. I would say absolutely. And also just kind of a, a chance to explore the world and what the world is and what different people are and having your um you know what the world is expanded. Yeah. You know, cuz I was doing these things with all these people who were not in my middle school. Um <laughs> and, you know, so I think I think that was certainly part of it as well. And, I mean, and, and certainly all of the the fun of being in musicals and singing songs and you know getting to dance more and more as i yeah, did joy of more performing musicals. that like, little that thing, whole thing? Yeah. yeah like yeah. the rush of performing um and i just want to mention the, la- the last one as i did uh the musical crazy for you which is a celebration of gershwin music um when i as an adult lived in minneapolis and my friend that I made when I was in Annie, she was also in it. And it was the only other musical that we ever did together. That uh, she and I were the two lead na- dancers together. In Crazy for You. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. That's great. And now, when you were in some musicals as an adult, mm-hmm. like obviously you went on to do some acting and a lot of dancing uh, and be involved with theater and performance in lots of different ways. Did musicals keep a special place in your heart? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think as an adult, I ended up doing fewer and fewer musicals um, because they take a lot of rehearsing. And here's the thing about modern dance companies is they rehearse a few times a week for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks on end or all year. Yeah. Whereas musicals rehearse every single night for a condensed period of time. So it's really hard to make the two work right. together. They just aren't compatible. So you just you you chose modern dancing. Yeah, so I, you know, I would do musicals when I had a chance. Also, by that point, I, you know, I'd like to think that I know my strengths. Um, I am a much better dancer than I am a singer or an actor. Okay. And so when I was dancing, I could be dancing. And, you know, and some, there's some musicals that there's a lot of dance and the chorus numbers are fun, something like Crazy for You, um, you know, some of the others, but there's some where the chorus doesn't do that much. And honestly, if it was just, singing um i think some of the time i was in choirs as well so i was kind of getting that other places right so you felt like you were a triple threat who was most threatening on the dance floor by far (laughs) understandable yeah 
Yeah, I think I probably came to appreciate musicals more because I ended up in them. Uh, and longtime listeners uh, to the podcast will know I cannot sing. I just I'm tone deaf. And I'm sure if I spent years and years and years and lots and lots of training and money, maybe. Uh, but I've had many a musical experience <laughs> where people are trying to get me a little closer and it only kind of works. Uh, but I, yeah, I've just it's been a joy to be in very weird musicals and feel feel it. It, it gives it gave me a different appreciation of musicals on stage or in movies to feel that like we're doing the scene and we got to build up to the song. And then there's this entirely different energy in the audience, good or bad, <laughs> when there's a song. But there's an entirely different energy. And then how what happens when you come down off that sort of mountain of music back into like a scene mm-hmm. uh, that was really powerful to to experience. Uh, the weird musicals uh, I've been in, I did for years that uh, Johnny Appleseed. Uh, at a children's theater, which was a very, <laughs> is a, had a, a, like we sang to a, you know, a track of music that was like on, on the tape. Um, and uh, yeah, there was, that was just, it was just a uh, very fun and very silly. And the songs were just really about how apples were great for the most part, many different songs about <laughs> how great apples were. And my favorite, uh, I have many favorite memories from that. Uh, you know, I didn't play Johnny Appleseed. I played his silly friend, Bill, and there were different parts of the show where, you know, Bill was supposed to be the funny one who didn't understand things. So then Johnny could uh, explain them uh, or get things wrong. So I got to do lots of pratfalls and lots of just like not understanding things about apples. <laughs> so I really, really enjoyed it because it was uh, uh, it was a, a kind of comedy that's great for for musicals. And the the you know, we were performing for, I think, mostly like first through third graders. So it was all just like no filter. If they liked what you're doing, they would laugh and they would cheer. And if not, you could hear uh, their their bodies <laughs> just rustling in the seat and their, their souls <laughs> rustling in their bodies. You could tell they were <laughs> bored. Sometimes they would just shout out, I'm bored now. Uh, so <laughs> uh, we would do these big numbers. And because this was for school groups, they'd, we'd, this would be at like 10 a.m. in the morning. We'd have all this choreography, and I'd be trying to hit the notes as best as I could, not being a great singer. And there was one particular song that was like, we would have like, there were a bunch of songs right in a row, and this was the last one. And it had a, more choreography, and we would end up on our knees just panting. And the kids many times just didn't understand that it was a social norm to applaud after the song, regardless <laughs> of what you feel the quality of it was. So to just like end up on your knees with your hands in the air panting. Like, <sighs> and then the kids would just stare back at you because they weren't into that particular song. And then just have to like <laughs> crawl back to your feet and go like, well, Johnny, I guess we better plant some apples. <laughs> just move on. It was so much fun. Yeah, so uh, maybe someday we will we'll do an episode all about all the various musicals we've been, been in. I was also in a very, very experimental uh, musical uh, at, at the Minnesota History Theater. Uh, it, was, it was really good, and it was really fun and powerful to be in, and I was cast in it also because of I had some comedy roles, um, but it was about... A, uh, a fire that turned into a fire cyclone and destroyed a whole town. And it was strangely moving and beautiful using the power of song and the power of dance and the power of comedy and kind of to combine them all to kind of wrestle with this horrific tragedy. But it was 
that one was really fun because I did, I got cast particularly to do comedy roles and they were really fun. And I had some very pedestrian movement that I had to do, but then there were other dancers who did actual like amazing dance and, uh, everybody was just okay with it that I couldn't sing, but I loved the songs and I wanted to sing them. So I, I was told <laughs> it was okay that I could sing quietly to myself on stage because it was always multiple people singing and just like one rehearsal, I just got a very friendly note from the director. Like Joseph, we can actually hear you. So sing more to yourself, <laughs> Oh my gosh, oh, <laughs> which is fine. Cause that's, it was, it was the agreement. So like I yeah. got the, I, I was joyful cause I got to be a part of this big weird thing uh and contribute the the skill that i have yeah and then still feel that like i you know i'm in it because i'm singing but quietly so no one can hear (laughs) yeah and i will add that for that one fireball if i may um which i went to before we were partner friends but very briefly before yes but still before only only a short amount of time yeah um it was amazing oh it was uh, i loved it it was also one that i like had like oh I wanted to be in this, but they didn't have auditions for the dancers because I also really liked the choreographer. But I thought it worked really well. And it was really fun to see something like that from the outside. So I just, since I've been uh, chattering so much about my own like internal experiences from being in musicals, um, it, it was really fun to see that one. And also to see the play, the interplay of this beautiful dance and uh, story that is not one that you think about as like, ah, oh, natural musical mu- material, a fireball that killed a bunch of people. Um, but then to also have the wonderful moments of your comedy, and I just thought it was all interwoven very nicely. Yeah, and, and uh, thinking about it again reminds me of a thing that I like about a lot of musicals, that it certainly happens at other storytelling, but musicals seem to have a real passion for it, which is layers of reality. Mm-hmm. So like part of the reason that uh, there was comedy is there was the, this told the story of the actual tragedy of this fire cyclone. But then it was also part of the history that the town had commemorated it over the years by putting on, like, shows about it. So, like, I was playing somebody from the past who was trying to put on a good show about it. So I was the show within the show about (laughs) a horrible tragedy. And uh, and it really, really worked because it was about reflecting on how do we we cope with tragedy? How do we commemorate it? How do Mm -hmm. we, you know, not forget? Yeah. Yeah. but the, just a lot of the musicals we've been watching have those layers of reality. Gene Kelly, in particular, doing his dream ballets. Yeah. We watched Singing in the Rain the other night, and I was like, all right, I'm going to count. How many layers of reality deep are we? And I think <laughs> at one point in his dream ballet, we were seven layers of reality deep, according to my count. <laughs> I'll have to look up what people think the official one is. Um, if life was a musical and you had to burst into song to express your feelings, what kind of things would you sing about? Oh, my gosh. Wow. I think I would. I think there's a chance I'd be one of those people who would sing all the time. <laughs> I would sing about making coffee and tea in the morning. Um, so like the water is boiling, there'd be a wa- there was water boiling song. There'd be a um, a nice calm like it's time for some yoga and stretching song. Uh, there would be a very angry song about driving and traffic. Uh, the traffic was bad today, so I'm cranky about that because um, we're not allowed to have bad traffic yet, but it's bad. Um, yeah, so I would definitely think that I would sing about what I'm thinking to myself when I should be, you know, when I am doing work, not should be doing work, but when I am doing work, but like, uh, you know, like, you know, like we all have like those emails that we send 
similar emails over and over again. Maybe we don't all have that. So I you would that. you would sing your repetitive emails? Yeah, because then you could do a layer upon a layer because you're like typing the email and it's autofilling part of it. And then you're like having your dream of what you want to be doing or what you want to be doing. And it's like, think about that. Like that's an entire dream ballet with yeah. multiple realities right there. Sorry to poke, but just checking in. I really need an answer. That kind of thing. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> that is fantastic. But probably get a little angrier, right? In the in the dream ballet with the frustration. No, I mean I actually because I I handle a like just kind of general inquiry email account. A lot of it is like, no, we're currently closed. <laughs> no, we're currently closed. <laughs> <laughs> That's decided at the state level. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to, uh, much like sending an email, I want to poke at this a little bit. Uh, I feel like when musicals are really successful, it's because the emotion is, it, the song is the height of the emotion in the scene. Okay. Right? Yeah. So do you think it's an, an accurate observation about yourself that you feel strong emotion from the sort of need to do things of the day, both joyful and frustrating? That I feel the emotion from the from the need of doing them? That you feel a lot of emotion while doing them. Like, because you mentioned, like, making coffee, <laughs> which sounded, like, fun and bouncy. Of Like, I'm getting up and starting my day. And then you mentioned, like, the frustrating things, like I'm stuck in traffic or yeah. the repetitive things. I think I was thinking more along, like, the rent approach okay. to musicals with you know, where there are some things that that are certainly very big and very large, but also some of the songs are a little bit, and not, many musicals are a little bit more about the mundane also, or they, they um, I think, actually, good question, what I'm leaning toward is something that kind of has the overlay of the water's boiling, what am I actually thinking about? But 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 look at the sky. Okay. Look at the like so you get like the layers within it. Like you have um you know like there's a lot of musicals where they start with someone's writing a letter. But then it actually blossoms into this whole other thing. Right. In the blossoming I think would often be the I want song. So if you had a song that was establishing the stasis as you made your coffee and sent the email, mm-hmm. when you exploded into desire, what would your I want song be like? Wow. Well, if I knew that, I'd know so many things in life. <laughs> I accept that as an answer, that we are, uh, we are all searching for our, our I want song. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I, I think... Uh, what would yours be? I think for myself, it would be uh, it, uh, certainly some moments of joy, like... I would happily have a song about finding an action figure <laughs> at, <laughs> yeah. at, uh, at a toy store or at a Target um, because that is both that like absurd thing that, that yeah, from a certain perspective is absolutely comic and, and should be played <laughs> with comedy. But like it is, you know, I know why it brings me joy. Mm-hmm. And I feel comfortable that it brings me joy. So that's like a great, for me, an example of like something that's absurd on its surface of why would you sing, why would an adult sing about finding an action figure? But I understand why having a physical manifestation of something that I love is meaningful to me, like that a song is maybe a way you could convey that and get to the depth of that in a way that it would be, you could in a monologue, but music just gets to a different level, a different part of us, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and make You could make somebody else feel the love while also... Yeah, I, like I can picture people who'd be like, that action figure song was great. I would never buy an action figure. 
<laughs> but I understand the love now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that. And then if I be honest with myself, there'd be a lot of angry venting songs. <laughs> uh, people uh, who uh, can't see, which is everybody <laughs> but me, there was a very affirming uh, head nod there uh, from my partner friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about like favorite songs in musicals that we've watched. And like one that really gets me gets me going um, that I did do get to that level of like I almost want to like get up and get into it like it affects me in my body. Yeah, it's a weird one. I'm a weird person. It's specific. It's the it's in high society. It's Frank Sinatra and Bing Crosby. And it's partially because I really like them. But their song, Well, Did You Ever? It's a really uh, comedic song, but it's them basically like they're both not comfortable with the high society that's a little full of itself that's rigid and pompous and controlling and it's them at a party stepping into another room to get a drink and kind of mock this higher crust who thinks they're better than everyone and like Mm -hmm. i really like wow i love that song because it's about venting about the class system (laughs) (laughs) it's it's frank and bing it's the lyrics are funny and bouncy and great but it's also like i think i'm into the emotion of that song yeah you know yeah no absolutely that's a great song i love that song yeah and I think part of it, I should say, of course, for me is some of these are like, oh, well, that would be a fun dance number. And that would be a fun dance number. <laughs> the uh, the repetitive email dance? Yeah. Or like, yeah. I was thinking like doing one about hitting the snooze button over and over again in the morning or wanting to hit the snooze button over and over again. And just think about the fun, int- interesting dance you could have with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yes, yes. Uh, I want to ask you about the future of yeah. musicals. Mm. Uh do you think that they could ever make a comeback uh, on the scale that they, they used to be a part of the, the entertainment uh, movies in particular? Because obviously Broadway, you know, uh, still there pre, pre-pandemic <laughs> and I'm sure post-pandemic will always be incredibly strong. Like, yeah. Stage musicals uh, have not faltered. Yeah. Uh, but do you think that movie musicals could ever make a huge comeback? Uh, or is it just Ooh. there have obviously been, you know, in the last decade, musicals that have popped out and, you know, done really well. Yeah. Um, in La La Land, obviously, is, is a, a lightning rod. It's like <laughs> <laughs> La La Land is the last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker of musicals of like, I fear saying it for the conversation it may or may not, <laughs> uh, you know, cause. Yeah. Yeah, I think they could. I think um, I think it would be a different thing from, you know, it's not going to be like 1940s Ziegfeld Follies, giant lavish sets and staircases. There might be some element of that. But I think for movie musicals to really make a comeback, I feel like the ones that have that have done really well, granted, a lot of them are kind of interpretations of stage shows. Right. You know, um, I guess this isn't even that recent, but like the movie Chicago, uh, right. the stage show Chicago. Or Into the Woods, which we the saw woods. on Christmas Day with yeah. a very loud audience. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I feel like, I feel like as they keep experimenting and finding their own, I do feel like they can make a comeback. I don't know about to the same level um, of popularity that they were at, you know, earlier in the 1900s. Yeah. Partially because I think, um, you know, tastes have tastes are so divergent, and we're so used to being able to pick and choose so much more mm-hmm. that I don't know that it will 
ever be the like yes everybody's gonna go see this (laughs) and then everybody's gonna go see this musical and everyone's gonna go see this musical but i feel like there i feel like we are on a resurgence and i feel like there could be more of that yeah yeah i mean especially sorry no you go ahead it's because they look at like the musical tv shows Uh, we were gonna talk about the same thing so great (laughs) yeah yeah, I, I watched all of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and absolutely love it. Uh, and then that seemed to, the, I think it's Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. It seemed mm-hmm. to successfully spawn another musical TV show. And we'll see if, you know, those become like the rarity of like, it's fun because there's one. Um, yeah. But then also it's been extremely popular for various shows, you know, going all the way back to, to Buffy to have a one-off musical episode somehow. Yeah. You know? So yeah, there has been a little home for for musicals on on television. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like, look at like um, the Pitch Perfect series or something. Which, yeah, granted, I, we have not seen all of them, but um, but I feel like there's a lot of different. I feel like within kind of there's such a wide realm musicals because yeah. because to me musicals are not especially moving forward are not just like they're not they don't follow a certain structure they don't have a certain type of song. Um, I feel or a certain type of dance. I feel like really broadening and being inclusive of what can be in, what can be included. Sorry for the, the double inclusion. <laughs> Not really though. <laughs> yeah. Um, is I just feel like there's so many possibilities there. I mean, just wait till we. I mean, look at Bollywood. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and and that's great to bring up something like Pitch Perfect because Pitch Perfect. I could be wrong, but it's not. It's not selling itself of like. Did you love singing in the rain? Do you love Into the Woods? The musical is back, right? It's it it is a it's a movie uh, where there is a lot of music mm-hmm. <laughs> and the people are doing musical things, uh, right? But it yeah, maybe uh, more I, situational. But if you know, I yeah, yeah. But but I take your point though that it, it is it really does depend on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I wonder if. So it's interesting to me that a lot of the, you know, great classic musicals that we have been watching uh, do evolve out of the vaudeville perspective of that really great epic entertainment has a little bit of everything. It has song, it has dance, it has great drama, it has great comedy. Hopefully somebody will maybe even juggle or do something weird. (laughs) (laughs) You can get an animal to do tricks too. That'd be great. Like it so comes from that vaudeville uh, tradition, the evolution of that. Mm Mm-hmm. A super successful new movie musical. What tradition would it be emerging out of? You know, if it wasn't yeah. if it wasn't reaching back to go, oh, the DNA of this is in vaudeville. Mm-hmm. What what do you think? It, what kind of currently in the zeitgeist moods or ideas would fit with a musical? Um, a combination of live variety shows. And um, Zoom slash YouTube slash Twitch. <laughs> so like an ASMR musical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're making that right now. Yeah. But I mean, a musical, if you could construct the narrative that it is, that it is related to uh, our consumption of many different bite-sized things, mm-hmm. but you put those all together and they tell a story. That's an interesting musical to me of like, the you know uh, you're 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 watching uh you're reading this twitter thread you mm-hmm. you need to know how to uh fix you know a broken part of your fridge so you're watching this how-to video on youtube 
then this is your favorite movie commentary thing uh, that you're watching on Twitch, you know? Yeah, and I feel like it's, like, people have more, like, um, many people are performers in a lot of different ways now. So if we kind of tap into that idea, not saying that the musicals would be crowdsourced or, you know, it's anything like that, but I feel like we do have such a different, you know, uh, interaction with that of, like you said, like, somebody knows how to fix things so they make youtube videos about it or they you know twitch their reactions to things you know back when i was in annie my options were be in that production of annie or keep putting on you know shows in the living room for my parents <laughs> which i was also doing um you know so it's but i just feel like there's a lot there and and as a result people are discovering new skills and new talents and also changing what is normal Mm-hmm. And especially right now with, you know, everybody having to figure out how to use Zoom or something like that, yeah. that um, I am not suggesting the Zoom musical just to be super crystal clear. But I'm I feel sure like there's... there are already 87 that I don't know about. Yet. Oh, there are. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like something out of that um, and out of this feeling is where kind of the, the next version, the next iteration. Yeah, be. yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the possibility of a musical cinematic universe. Okay. <laughs> like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Uh, I think that one of the big things in entertainment is uh, what Marvel created successfully, which is the uh, these, these are all individual stories. These are all individual meals by themselves, but they lead to the next one. Mm-hmm. And that, that wanting to have the next one and wanting to know that whatever happens in this film might affect another film five films from now or now television shows. Is that interesting at y'all at all to think of like a musical yes. <laughs> cinematic universe to you? Yes. Extremely. <laughs> I'm brainstorming right now. You're brainstorming right yes. now. Yeah. I was jokingly like trying to see if you could create one from musicals of the past of like, how 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 do uh, singing in the rain and cats connect? What is there a, is there a same character in there that you could track through? <laughs> not sure about those two (laughs) but going forward i think Mm -hmm. that i think people are trying to kind of rush people have been trying to for the last you know over 10 years now rush into the uh the marvel model Mm -hmm. um and but i think that really is the power of it of you know patiently going you know from one story to the next and connecting them all and having value in that and finding value in that if it didn't work if it if it wasn't honestly engaging when uh, Captain America finally met Rocket Raccoon. If that wasn't an actual interesting moment that showed you something about them, it wouldn't have worked. Right. You know? Right. So you'd have to have that element. Yeah. So you've been brainstorming. Do you have it? Have you have you unlocked the... In the last 90 seconds? No. <laughs> I have not unlocked this magic key yet. <laughs> but it, it looked like you were really, really turning. No, I'm I'm fascinated by this idea and I'm going to keep thinking about it. Excellent. Uh, would you ever want to see a musical story retold without the music, like Oklahoma, not the musical? <laughs> uh, I don't know that Oklahoma would be the one that I would choose. <laughs> Sorry, Oklahoma. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, I mean, there certainly are some stories that there's both, you know, the the musical version and the non-musical version that exist right. as basically the same story. But yeah, absolutely. Um, um, I'm trying to think of what a good one, what a good one would be for that. Uh, or like a challenging, interesting one. Yeah. You know, like what if you did Mary Poppins, not the musical? 
<laughs> like, I know that many people would disagree with me. Be like, yeah, I could see that because it is absolutely a huge, huge essential part of it. But I'm still intrigued by that story because yeah. when where my mind goes to is Mary Poppins is this symbol of people need to be uh, rejuvenated in their joy for life. Mm-hmm. And that to me, like, oh, oh, I can see why that is uh, a musical. <laughs> yeah. But I can also just like hook into like, okay, that's that's what this story has these beats to build in these character moments to build to this theme. Yeah. To this idea. Yeah. And, and I, I realized it was a book before it was a musical. So <laughs> it did But the book sang, way. right? Whenever you opened it, <laughs> it was always a magic book. Not if uh, Ms. Travers <laughs> had anything to say about it. <laughs> yes. And you've watched the movie about that book becoming a musical right yeah yeah i mean that's very much a like uh based on some pieces of history and based on and then a fictional fictionalization of it okay uh but yeah no i'm i'm absolutely up for that okay mary poppins not the musical yeah no exclamation point period but i i do need to say because i will otherwise feel guilty all night I love the music from Mary Poppins, so it is nothing against the music. Mary Poppins is another film that I think I've probably seen uh, seen it on television when I was a child or seen bits and pieces of that I was like, yeah, not for me, but uh, really, really, really enjoyed it, uh, revisiting it with you as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a story or movie that you love that you think uh, should be a musical but isn't? Ooh, ooh, wow. Um, so here's the thing about me. <laughs> Uh, is if there's a, I have a very push pull, a very push pull. I have a strong push pull about adaptations, whether to film or to stage, whether they include music or not, of like a a book or a story that I really like. Like for me, that is always a. I have a very strong push pull about that. So okay, just starting with that giant caveat okay because i haven't had a caveat for you know at least five minutes so. um uh, if our lives were a musical definitely one of the songs would be caveat <laughs> yes it would yes it definitely would um so you're asking what story i would want to be a yeah musical? is there something that jumps to mind like a movie or a book that you really like that like ooh, i could see a musical version of that yes do you have one while I'm thinking? Yes, okay. uh, which I, I didn't. And then I realized it's it's right in front of me. Uh, Casino Royale. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, I just I think for me, when musicals are successful there, you think of those moments where the song isn't jammed in. Somebody is experiencing something that has a tremendous amount of motion about it. And you got to sing. Yeah, <laughs> can't contain it anymore. And there's some uh, there's uh, some comedy in this. Obviously, there's some dark moments that I could see Bond trying to sing his way through. Uh, but it, it's it, you know that Casino Royale is my favorite Bond film uh, for lots of different reasons. But I think it does a really really good job of of having lots of energy and forward movement while having a sort of uh, complex and non traditional narrative structure because of the way they adapted. The, the book that has a non-traditional narrative structure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also just got a lot of simmering emotion. Yeah. Like there's some Bond films that are, they're trying to do a different thing and they're a fun lark, you know? And I can imagine like a fun lark of a Roger Moore movie where it could just be like a totally fun, utterly fluff musical of like, yeah, and now Roger Moore tosses off a song because fine. But Casino Royale would be like the, I, it, 
uh, we live in a reality where uh, when you feel something strongly, even if you were trying to hold it in, it comes out in song. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. And it's really fun to go through a movie like that and go, now, which moments are songs, you know? Yeah. What song is Le Chief singing while he's sitting at the table, the card, the game table? Oh, yeah. Like, trying to figure out what's going to happen next. Yeah. The, yeah, the song, uh, I Know You Tell. I Know You Tell. <laughs> I Know You Tell. I'm not going to die because I know you're tell. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of finger snapping in that one. And everyone in the casino is doing that. Uh, there's definitely a song just uh, uh, there's a, a recurring motif around Vesper, both the person and the drink for sure. Definitely. And uh, yeah, this, the the second he uh, sips the drink called Vesper, there's an explosion of music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's where the Dream Valley comes There's in. also an, an obvious place uh, where he would sing, but I'm not going to say it because it's so obvious. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to let it go, Okay, uh, which is also a song. So I shared one. Yeah. How about you? Um, okay. So if we're going with uh, things that are movies that are not currently musicals, uh, I want one of the Oceans franchise to be a musical. <laughs> uh, like uh, like Oceans 8? Sure. Ooh, that would be great. Jazzy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. A lot of horns. <laughs> and yeah. A lot of uh, theft dancing. Yeah. I, I hear a lot of jazz drums. Yo, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. That would be great. I yeah. would love that. Uh, I also think that um, there is so much great exploration going on because of streaming. Mm. And I like. Obvi- I think you know Marvel is obviously having some elements of musical in in Wandavision. Mm-hmm. Music is an important part of it for lots of different reasons. Don't want to say anything more spoilery than that. But I think it's totally within the realm of possibility that you know, Marvel does a musical. I think it's within oh, the realm yeah. of possibility that Star Wars eventually does probably not like a more of a pitch perfect musical where we're following a band and every time there's music, it's really in the in the story, you know, mm-hmm. not the heightened, you know, uh, reality where people burst into song, but, you know, all, I'm forgetting the technical term, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that it's all music that is real to the world. But I still think it's possible Yeah. to have some, you know, band on the run in galactic trouble and there's a bunch of cool weird star wars music like i think that'd be cool that there are some of these big properties are interested in exploring other genres that we could see some very non-traditional fun surprising musicals yeah reinterpreted into uh, the world of one of these other big uh franchises yeah yeah i I love all of those i'm here for them yeah ready fast and furious and fabulous it'll happen right (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. Do you have any any other uh, stories you want to add? <laughs> no. I, I mean, yes, but no, I, I don't have any off the top of my head. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, how do you convince someone who doesn't like musicals to give them a try? What Ooh. would your pitch be? Yeah. So I, this is a hard one, and this is one that's changed for me over the years. You know, I think uh, when I was much younger, I would have just scoffed <laughs> that people didn't like musicals. Uh, but I think I've always known people who were not big fans of musicals um, and who had a a wide variety of reasons for it. I mean, I think much like we talked about um, some of your feelings of people not feeling like bursting into song felt realistic of people mainly seeing musicals that were leaning toward the saccharine Mm -hmm. um, and really just not feeling like it was um, not acknowledging the complexities of the world. 
Whereas to me, honestly, sometimes some of the best musicals have so many layers to them. They're like, they're fantastic at acknowledging a lot of complexity to the other world. Not all of them, because that's more than anyone film or stage show can really <laughs> do. Um, so if somebody didn't like musicals, I would maybe start by uh, asking some questions about why not, uh, what they've seen, what their interpretation of musicals is. You know, have they only seen the movie Cats? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, or, or only whatever. Like, have they only seen the film version of Oklahoma? Um, or have they only, they were in it, uh, in their school musical in high school, and they didn't want to be in it, and they were forced to be in it, mm. so they hate it. Um, or do they think they can't sing? Or, you know, like, I think there's so many different reasons. I think people have, um, like anything, people have a lot of different reasons and a lot of different baggage maybe tucked into the line, I don't like musicals. Yeah. So I would maybe want to find out more. And uh, if somebody were up for it, it would, might be a, if there were somebody that, you know, I in non-COVID times watched things with, it might be fun to be like, oh, well, let's try this one and see singing in the rain wasn't for you let's see what you think of xanadu or avita you know yeah or the you know the disney plus you know the streaming version of hamilton yeah um you know i they feel like there's such a good a example wide... of a pretty popular musical yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's such a wide variety I, you're saying yeah there's yeah. just such a wide variety that i think that's where i would start but i but at the same time i absolutely know people who just it's not their thing and that's cool that's fine. yeah but I love that that is your uh, approach and your thought to it uh, is not how can I convince them that they should? How can I l- start with understanding where they're coming from and what obstacle might they have? Yeah. You know, individually. That's really awesome. Yeah. Uh, if there was a musical about our lives, besides having the song Caveat, what would the musical be like? <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Uh, fair enough. It would be uh, podcast the musical, which I am sure exists yeah. in many, many different forms. Yeah, there. I know there are musical podcasts, improv musical podcasts, a lot of great uh, podcasts like that. But it, what what do you think a a musical version of the Obsessed podcast would be like? What would we sing about? Ooh. Just different things every time. Bears. <laughs> Well, I would need a lot of, um, especially for sometimes, because I keep going, ooh, that's a good question, <laughs> would need its own riff that couldn't, or maybe a bunch of different riffs so it doesn't get too tiring. Um, ooh, 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 I need to think about that. Ooh, 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 I need to think about that. Yeah, I like that. They would be combined. I could because uh, when when you say that's a good question, I think you, uh, I think you mean it. But that is also a tactic that guests use on podcasts when they're not sure what they want to answer. Yeah. To, to buy time. So that would be a really great song of somebody saying, that's a great question. And then, you know, have different versions of the song where they truly, sincerely mean it was a good question. <laughs> and another one was like, it's not a very good question. I just don't know what I want to say yet. <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> a good question. I'm stalling for time. Yeah. Just... <laughs> You know, not a thing that people need to do, you know, cause, uh, it, uh, especially the way I've done Obsessed over the years. It has been great to have uh, people be able to just say the first thing that comes to mind. And I always encourage that. And then it's really good medicine for me sometimes when I go on somebody else's podcast and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm now I'm trying to make sure I have <laughs> the right answer or the perfect answer instead of just letting go with the honest answer. You got to say what comes out. And sometimes after you're like, oh. I should have said all these other things. <laughs> you gotta say what comes out, I think would be the <laughs> big hit single. 
<laughs> from the obsessed musical. I think I think I would turn that one over to you, the lyricist and comedy punch-up writer, to fix that one first. No, it's perfect. <laughs> it's, just, it's perfect the way it is. I, I'm not going to touch a single thing. Um, all right, let's make a noise to sum up uh, our interest or possibly obsession uh, with musicals. What noise would you make? Jazz hands. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. I think for me, I'd be broom. Just that nice. little sound that sometimes comes when like you don't think that the music's coming, but then that first chord, like mm-hmm. there's something really funny to me about that when in live shows and, you know, I've seen it done on purpose really well to have that comedy of a scene's going along, but suddenly there's a chord <laughs> and that means the like, the uh, world of of talking is over for a moment and here comes the song <laughs> i really like that uh, mm-hmm. it can be done beautifully and organically and it can be done really really just stopping everything cold of like we're talking but bring, oh i guess we got to sing now how would you feel if i just started doing that in our daily conversations <laughs> i think i would find it challenging <laughs> I think there'd be some moments where I'm open to bursting into song and I, I will own some of my grumpiness. Other times I'd be like, I'm, I'm not in the singing place. <laughs> then we do the stamping song. And we do the stamping song. Yes, we do the uh, cruel to our neighbors song. <laughs> grr, 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 stamp, stamp, stamp. <laughs> Another great song. Uh, I think it should be called grr, 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 stamp, stamp, stamp. Um Let's rate the obsession. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 uh, being the lowest, 10 being the highest, where where do you rate yourself on your obsession with musicals? Well, I would say on a normal, like, just going along my life, and before you brought up Let's Talk About Musicals, I would have given myself a 6. And uh, for the last two days, because I've been thinking about musicals and we've been watching some musicals, I'm I'm popping, like, right up there toward at least an 8. Up there with an eight. That is great. Yeah, I think uh, I've really been enjoying them, enjoying thinking about them. So I'll, I think I'll give myself a, a six. Nice. For uh, my general obsession level. It's never going to be like one of my main things, but I'm really enjoying them. I really enjoy thinking about them. I really enjoy seeing how they uh, evolve and change in the different ways that they can bring out all of our feelings. So many feelings. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the plugging section. Uh, where can people find you on the old internet? You can find me on Instagram at Scrim Street. Excellent. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out that Star Wars podcast I co-host where I happily talk about The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker and all things Star Wars. That podcast is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephscrimshot.com. You can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, here are our final questions. Mm -hmm. If you had the superpower to get very big or very small, which would you choose? Ooh, wow. Very small. Why? Uh, Because I feel like I could, as long as my goal was not traversing long distances, I feel like I could do more things. Uh, Okay. Whereas when you're very big, everybody notices (laughs) you. And so if you're trying to like be, get something done or sneak around people, I don't know why I assume I'm one of the... This is for the purpose of sneaking around, but <laughs> I did. So therefore, I want to be very small. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, if, if it's go big, it's kind of go big and then and go home because <laughs> everybody's going to see what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so like, if you, if I were late to catch, 
you know, the transportation to get to work in the days when I did that, I might want to be big so I could take fewer steps to get there. Okay. But in general, I would say very small. Okay. Very small. Excellent. Uh, If you could have a food product named after you, what kind of food would you choose? Ooh, I would like some sort of um, savory baked good. (laughs) Sarah's savory baked good. I like it. I wouldn't want it to be called that. (laughs) I was just thinking it would be called the Sarah. The Sarah, and then it would be when you say savory baked good. Do you what exactly do you mean? Um, I mean something that's not too something that's not too sweet. <laughs> uh, I guess what I'm thinking of is something like um, like a, a a roll or something like that. But rather than going, you know, like rolls can go very much toward the sweet side where they're veering toward cookies and donuts, or they can go more toward like an accompaniment to a meal, whether they have Ooh. maybe like dill or cheese or cardamom or all sorts of like more savory flavors in them i would like something that has more of a a savory okay goal after our dinner tonight i would like some the sarah of some kind (laughs) that would be good to me uh final question on the podcast as always is a very musical question really what is happiness happiness is Finding the song that's in your heart and knowing how to sing it. <laughs> that is the perfect answer for our musical episode. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. So here's the thing that you have sometimes seen me do, but when I get very tired... Um, and maybe, you know, like at night and don't want to get up. What I do is I just pretend that I'm in a musical because, uh, I've been in so many musicals where you're exhausted, but there's still three more numbers you've got to get through. And so not only do I pretend I'm in a musical, but I usually turn to you and start singing. I'm in a musical. I'm in a musical at the same time that I'm currently uh, doing this because I'm sitting down, bouncing my uh, elbows and doing a little jazz square. But it always works. It gets me going and gets me over that hump of too tired so I can keep going to do whatever I need to do next. <laughs>